Welcome to Service Headline News. I am your host, Marty Smith, and I'm joined by Eric Perrot. Good evening, fellas. What's going on? And Jake Wall. Hey, guys. Good to see you again. <laughs> and we're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all servicemen and women. So sit back, get informed, and have a laugh as the Swearing In Podcast presents Service Headline News. Fellas, we are joined today by Rob Williams and Seth Rodenbaugh. We're from from the Ashes Radio and About Face Media. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on the show. It's an honor to have you guys with us. Nice. It is an honor, isn't it? You are honored, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, well, once you're honored, stay honored, right? Uh, now, since you guys are guests I haven't done a previous interview with, uh, could you go over your military career for us? So just so we know who we're I'm talking to. Rob first. Well, well, I got to go first. Is it because of the beard? You can tell me. Is it because of the hair? Come on, man. You can tell me. You fit. Uh, yeah. I'd say go first. You're good. <laughs> hey, so uh, I joined the Army in 96. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was a hot minute ago. <laughs> I actually spent a little bit of time in the Connecticut Army National Guard. Um, uh-huh. And that's where I went through basic training and whatnot um, with them. Uh, that's because I dropped out of high school. Um, so, yeah. And then well, went active duty. Um, I went to a place called um, uh, Bombholder, Germany. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, Bombholder. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yes. The hay fever capital of the world. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and we had a really good time there. Yes. It was literally the hay fever capital of the world. Um, so, yeah. Good times there. Um, what was your, yeah, what was your MOS? What was your MOS? I was a medic. I've been a medic. Oh, my okay. Life. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, I was a paramedic before I joined the army. Um, so oh. I never got to go to AIT. So I went to basic training and right to my duty station. Oh, oh lucky cool. you. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I miss uh, from what I hear, I missed the best party of my entire life. So you know, <laughs> medic AIT is legendary for uh debauchery. Let's put well, it that way. And you would have um, been old, you would have been old enough to buy them all beer. So oh well, not at that time I wasn't, but yeah, you're oh, not no. far off. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, I don't want to say use words like whippersnapper, but yeah, I was a little bit younger. Um, but yeah. <laughs> So did that. That was an armor battalion thing and then became a flight medic and flew all over the place. Um, went to uh, Iraq with the 571st Medevac Company out of Fort Carson, Colorado, I, the I, most I, decorated aviation unit in all of military history. Uh, uh, excuse me, American military history. Um, did that for a little while and then uh, taught at Fort Sam Houston, which is kind of weird because I was never oh, there shit. as a student, but I got to go there and teach some medics. Basically, I taught like lessons learned like, hey, kids. Here's what I screwed up. Don't you screw it up. Um, and then uh, got selected for JSOC, spent some time at JSOC as a medic, and then rounded out the career, spending some time as a healthcare recruiter, putting nurses and doctors in the Army. Oh, nice. Cool. Nice. Right. Seth? Wasn't bad. How about you, Seth? All right. So um, let's see here. Uh, September 12, 2001, I was sitting at the MEP station. So the oh, day after. Beautiful. The- yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, I was privileged enough to get Hawaii as my first duty station. It was my first, last, and only. I just spent a lot of time there. Um, Marty, what unit were you in? Me? I was artillery. I was with the 1st Battalion, 8th Field Artillery. Yep, I know where you're at. Um, (laughs) So, I uh, yeah, went to basic, went to, uh, you know, got, you know, my Hawaii duty station, went to 235 Infantry. I'm an infantry guy. Uh, I was lucky enough to about 
week after I got there, um, they had selection for the uh, uh, scout sniper section. Oh, uh, shit. So I, and I spent um, almost all of my, almost all of my career in some sort of sniper section or running uh, squad designated marksmanship program for the 25th. Um, oh, wow. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of long range looking through glass uh, in my career. And then um, I was in, I came into OEF at the end of OEF two was there through OEF three um, had a pretty, uh, a pretty rough, one of those long early deployments. And um, so I got back um, third brigade tried to med board me. So I did everything I could to get across the street and go to second brigade. So I became a wolfhound. I was a one, two, seven, uh, hiding from a P3 and trying to get deployed again. I made it about three years or so. And I was doing medical clearances to uh, um, go to Iraq. And my old brigade surgeon saw me and was like, hey, the fuck are you doing in the army? And I'm like, <laughs> being in the army, man? <laughs> Just being no, all I can be. Yeah. So uh, I got med or, and uh, they fully retired me. Um, and that was in 2009. Okay. Um, I, uh, then just moved back to Colorado and now I enjoy the life of, um, I own a jiu-jitsu academy, which has been my hobby my whole life. I've been doing nice. jiu-jitsu for yeah. 20 three years now. Very so, cool. um, yeah, I do a lot of jiu-jitsu, um, you know, do, uh, do the radio show with Rob, try and work out or work with as many nonprofits and fundraisers and podcasts and you know, everything we can to reach out and help keep uh, better, our veteran brotherhood uh, upright, you know? Well, I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Unfortunately, our podcast doesn't really help anybody. Hopefully it helps with some humor. <laughs> that's not what I heard when I listened. <laughs> uh, so we try to, we try to take the lighter side. So hopefully, hopefully we can give an, uh, another, another side of the whole coin. Um, Look, both listeners love your show. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to force one, my wife, every once in a while. So, you know, not yep. only to listen, but maybe some other things too. So, uh, hey, talk to us about uh, About Face Media and From the Ashes podcast or From the Ashes Radio. Sorry. Well, so I'll pick up on About Face. So, About Face Media, basically, what we do, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and so we are a nonprofit foundation and basically what we do is we take service members, veterans, and first responders, um, who are trying to transition out of those careers and move on to something in broadcast media. We give them a microphone, a laptop, and our station and say, go forth and do good things. Tell your story. It doesn't have to be your military story. If you want to talk about fishing, if you want to talk about hunting, if you want to talk about, you know, you're only a fan's account, you can talk about whatever it is that you want to. Um, and we have some of the best media professionals I have ever had the pleasure of working with uh, guys like Max Waite, who are a, uh, an air force veteran um, who uh, our people are all over the world because we're internet based. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so Max Waite uh, broadcasts out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri. We got people down in uh, Texas doing amazing things. We got people up here in Colorado that are doing, you know, tur- spinning tables and making, t- making music and doing some great stuff. Um, we literally just two weeks ago, change the name from about face radio to about face media because people are writing books people are want to produce movies people want to produce short films things like that so we we had to kind of expand a little bit so yeah about face media is is basically going to be taking Mm -hmm. veterans into the future as far as i'm concerned that's awesome very cool 
and we'll put link we'll put links to all that in the description so uh people can reach out you know and go see what you're doing uh i've seen yeah they can find us on uh, on the web we're uh, easy to if you just google uh www.pornhub.com we'll pop right up um and you can search for anything you're looking for in the search bar and we are happy to help really? it's funny i've never i've never seen it in but fact no no kidding in about 30 minutes. it's a family website throwing <laughs> flags i don't believe it <laughs> flags on the field everywhere <laughs> Probably a lot of family action, I guess. Uh, there is a lot. Some you know, step parents, uh, they have a different relationship than I was used to as a step parent. So, yeah. Yeah. Impressive. <laughs> I saw, I, I don't know who that comedian was. I saw, but he had a great line. He said he was in a porn once. He played the guy who leaves for work. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was a good line. So, well, great. We'll put links to uh, From the Ashes, About Face, and I'd love to put a link in there for your uh, jujitsu, Seth, if that's okay. I'll send that Seth, in tell them about, about, uh, about, or about uh, From the Ashes, homeboy. So From the Ashes was, it is literally From the Ashes. Rob had the privilege of working on this uh, other podcast in the past that uh, I was a guest on a few times, and due to a um, stolen Valor turd burglar, um, <laughs> Rob very honorably left that podcast and we were like, let's do our own. And uh, I I had called him and, you know, I sent him a picture of my DD-214. I was like, bro, you've known me for a while. I don't think you, uh, I don't think you <laughs> trust me, but I can prove my shit. Yeah, so, right, right. Anyway, um, we started, you know, uh, the From the Ashes show and then it just turned into a much bigger thing where, you know, all the old people or the, all, all the old DJs from the, the past uh, platform came over with us. Um, oh, we really? added more. Yeah, we got a bunch of new like people that had established good podcasts come aboard with us. So, um, yeah, it's really great. But the From the Ashes show, we do about an hour, hour and a half. We're about to go to an hour and a half bit because we just have too many guests. We're booked out for yeah. months and um, yeah. bring on guests, talk about um you know, whatever it is that they do, whether it be a uh, nonprofit or, um, you know, just for example, last night we had on uh, Guitars for Veterans, right. which is a nonprofit that they um, teach veterans how to how to play the guitar and then give them a guitar. Nice. Um, we've had um, we've had people just come on and talk about their transition from military to civilian life yeah. uh, or veteran life. I don't think we're, we're ever a civilian again. We're veterans. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah we just try and you know again just bring a lot of information we have a vso on the show uh that comes on every week and talks about new stuff with the va uh you know new changes to compensation and uh pension things uh you know educational benefits uh we talked about uh you know even when we die we get to give our, our wives dick uh that is, <laughs> and, yeah, i see uh, that's right i remember um, that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah we have a legal team that comes on at the end and gives a little bit of legal advice that is uh i believe relevant to the uh veteran community uh and active duty uh community uh we um we don't just do veteran and military. We do first responders. So yeah. uh, we have some law enforcement guys come on, um, firefighters and programs that are, you know, uh, uh, applicable to them. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much us. Good stuff, well, and I, I I ran into your podcast. I think that's why when I reached out to you guys, you guys have been doing it obviously long enough. You're very comfortable doing it. It's really it's fun to watch, you know, especially when you guys are just kind of killing time <laughs> trying to figure out what that to happens say a lot 
That happens way too often. We do that a lot here. I just got the benefit of editing out. So, you know, uh, but you guys, you guys, it's fun to watch you. He seems like you're really plugged in with a big community. Um, And some of the, some of the things you provide out there, uh, I I wasn't necessarily in, in need of them, but I know some who are, and you put some references and some advice that's really invaluable. It's really cool. And that's why I, that's why I reached out to you. I'm glad you guys came on the show. Class our show up a little bit uh, and, and see, how, see where <laughs> we go. Bad news, dog. Yeah, it's bad <laughs> news. You dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, uh, but thanks. Thanks for coming on. Feel free to chime in when you want, crackwise, uh, as we go to Eric for this day in U.S. military history. No, <laughs> gentlemen. You added the request because the other day <laughs> it wasn't military history. And you were like, oh. Well, that was because uh, that's why I, I, I brought that when we, we talked about the assassination of Martin Luther King the other day because I felt that was important regardless oh, of right. 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 Yeah. So, but I usually throw out a date for these guys and ask them, are you aware of what occurred on that date? And both of them are clueless. So tonight I'm not going to do that. Well, I sort of am. I'm going to bring up, this occurred on April 11th. The year was 1900. And I'm not going to say anybody got a clue or any idea because I know you're not going to get it. So on April 11th, 1900, the U.S. Navy, Jake, I'm going to talk about the Navy tonight, so ease up. Uh, On April 11th, 1900, the U.S. Navy acquired its first submarine. Oh, shit. It was designed by Irish immigrant John P. Holland. Hmm. I, used to to su- I used to go to the submarine races when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm not sure if you'd have wanted to crawl in this thing. <laughs> hmm. um, it was propelled by gasoline while on the surface and by electricity when submerged. The Holland served as a model for modern submarine design. And by the eve of World War I, the Holland and the Holland-inspired vessels were part of a large naval fleet throughout the world. So, 1900, April 11th, gentlemen. That's amazing. And here we are today with 120 men going to sea in a submarine and 60 couples coming back. It's amazing. (laughs) I was just going to say, mark that date, April 11th, 1900. We sent seamen deeper than they've ever gone before. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, I think about what what propels ours now, nuclear-powered subs, you know what I mean? Things that could destroy the world under the water cruising around. Yeah, that's true. other armament and munitions. So we've come a long ways. Absolutely. What was the name of that era we have? (laughs) I'm glad I was the era I was rather than that era. Yeah, no kidding. I'm not man enough for those days. Well, yeah, it's weird to look back, and maybe uh, there's a term for it, but we look back and you're like, they had fucking electric? Submarine in 1900? Yeah. So this guy was pretty smart. But who, this is like, like, you know, the first time they had open heart surgery. Hey, man, you want to be the first guy to get in this tin can and submerge (laughs) down about 40 feet? We'll take it. I mean, the first parachute, can you imagine? Our our grandparents were badasses. I say this all the time. My great, you know, my both of my great grandfathers, excuse me, both of my grandfathers are Korean War vets. So they they even missed World War II. But can you imagine that first guy? You're like, hey, who wants to step out of an airplane with a 
piece of cloth over your head oh, yeah. and yeah, see right. what happens. That's amazing to me. <laughs> like I'll be the I'll be the second guy if that's okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> when that first guy hits the ground and walks away, I'll could bet I'll jump. Yeah. I'll consider. I'll consider. Jacob, what branch of service were you, bud? I was Air Force, uh, twenty-one years. Damn! How do you do twenty-one God. years yeah. in the Air Force? It was easy, man. I had air conditioning. Yeah. Bars yeah. fantastic. <laughs> his knees are his knees are still good. Go. His back yeah. is still good. He can still hear. Pimp cane. So Eric, Eric was uh, he? He retired. He was a uh, security forces, and but not just your run of the mill security forces. So he did. Oh. What was it? What was that team you were on? I can never remember the name of that team. That you uh, there was a lot of things. We did some. I went to Marine Corps Patrol School. We talked about air base ground defense. So when the Army took off from protecting our perimeter, we started teaching Air Force cops to be the infantry of the Air Force. So I got to do a lot of training. Did some stuff with the Marine Corps. Uh, I see the snicker there, Rob. Come on. You said the infantry of the Air Force. That's like being the prettiest ballerina in Texas. No one cares, man. <laughs> you're, you're right. But I still have to dig a foxhole and, and know the Army Army nomenclature of a foxhole. <laughs> oh, did some pretty cool stuff as a cop. Yeah. Now, in all fairness, Eric went to uh, uh, Grenada and Panama. So got got a little oh, wow. sniper got a little sniper fire there for a little while, but uh, he came back in one piece. Um, hey, Rob, I'm a little older than you, brother. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Very well done. Panama and Grenada, you said? Yeah, I was in both. Wow, man. Well, yeah. Very well done. Thanks for your service. No, Thanks. You, Thanks. Jake was avionics. He started on A-10s. They flopped him over to... Did they Did they flip you over to F-16s? No, I trained on F- F-16s. Oh, and they uh, flipped you to A-10s. A-10s. Right. <laughs> Yep. And then he saw, and then he saw yeah, the light so went over to space. So that's kind of cool. My favorite organization, space. <laughs> I, I think that stuff's kind of cool. I mean, I, I'm not smart enough to do any of that stuff, but I think that stuff's cool. It's cool. Well, you don't have to put the space force monitor and looking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into it, gentlemen. Uh, our first story from Sandbox.us is researchers want to prevent injuries in soldiers before they happen. So when I first read this story, I was like, oh, they're going to put like impact sensors on. They're going to measure uh, the stress of ruck marching and all that shit. No, it's not that. So (laughs) I know I was really disappointed the more I read into this thing. Uh, A research project that which has been been conducted through Uniformed Services University with the help of soldiers from the 82nd Airborne Division, aims to use body-worn sensor devices to predict where injuries are about to happen and prevent them. The initiative is one of more than 40 research projects being conducted through uh, the MIRROR Project, which is an acronym for Musculoskeletal Injury Rehab Research for Operational Readiness. Terrible acronym, like they all are. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's really hard for me. I'm three modelos in and I can't say it. Uh, <laughs> the sensor-focused injury prevention project launched in 2021 with the ambitious goal of determining a soldier's risk of injury. Here's where it gets a little alarming to me. The Marty, need, yeah. if you say that, I think they should have said, Seth, come talk to us. 
So you could give them some ideas. <laughs> well, but 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 here, uh, let me let me describe, let me read this article, and you'll see how it really drops from some hopeful stuff to really one that I think may be a little bit scary. Um, so they're they're trying to measure the need in this study alone. They're just trying to measure the need. At Fort Bragg, paratroopers were offered the chance to volunteer during their airborne integration course, which is a week-long in-processing that includes familiarization and fitness tests. Before they conducted the movement test, volunteers answered questions about past injuries to hips, knees, ankles, and feet. For a year after the 10-minute movement test is administered, mirror researchers will follow the medical records of those who participated to see if, in fact, they sustain any injuries. So basically, they had them do like a shuttle run. They put these knee sleeves on them with sensors, and they had to do them like a shuttle run, a stand on one foot, uh, a couple of different like balance moves, and they measured range of motion and all that kind of stuff. So this is a part that's alarming. Um, it's not clear if soldiers participating in the study were informed about any prospective injury risk that might be identified. So they're trying to, they're taking these readings and say, oh, this guy's one leg is longer than the other, or uh, he's got weak ACLs or something. So he may be susceptible to injury. The part that they said, well, we're not sure if they told the soldiers, hey, you may get injured because we see your right knee is weak. So no prevention. That's kind of shitty pool if they didn't tell them. Right, and they're like, yeah. "Don't tell them. We'll just see in a year what happens. Let's see if it actually turns out." Yeah. Um, if the symmetry test does not turn out to be a good injury predictor, the next step will be for Pentagon officials to develop a program that works with at-risk service members to strengthen problem areas and build up balance and agility. This can involve work with a physical or athletic trainer, as well as targeted exercises for solo practice, according to the release. Now. The thing that popped up in my head, maybe I'm too conspiratorial, but can you see this turning into, oh, we measured your knees and you're not going to be able to do airborne. We're going to turn you no, away. I can... Worse. Significantly worse. Come on, man. Put your tinfoil hat on. Impacting Thank your disabilities at the Bam. end of your career. Oh, Look at, yep, yeah. Yep. That's that exactly what it is. That's even worse. Wendy's- your, your balance was uneven when you came in, so any knee injury is not our fault. It's it's not our fault. This belongs to you. you your leg was shorter than the other. Oh, yeah. man. That's, I, you know it's going to go that way. I mean, yeah, we were Jake and I were both in space. And one of the things to get into space, you had to go through this flight dock. And he used pilot rules for ruling you out of space. Now, Granted, if you're a colorblind, you couldn't see the the consoles. You could you have to make differentiation between colors, so that disqualifies you. But they had a host of other shit that disqualified you. That was really ticky tack. If they're doing that for space and they got these kind of research projects going, oh yeah, that's trouble, man. Seth, do you remember when um, the uh, the assessment came out for head injuries? So if you got blown up, they had this. The medic had this card. And he'd ask you like four words and five numbers and stuff like that. And it transitioned into this like computer test that you had to take before you deployed. Do you remember that? Were you in when that was going on? I didn't do it before I was deployed, but I did the computer test where you push push the X's and Y's. Yeah. Yeah. But it was after. So 
I had Rob, are you talking about where they were trying to get a baseline before you went yep. over there? Yeah, I heard yeah. that. Yeah, they did that to all of us. So I had a couple of guys, um, barrel-chested freedom fighters, who refused to take those tests. They're like, oh, I am not sitting in front of that computer. It's not happening because they were worried about two things. One, that they were going to take that test and it was going to be exposed, that they already had head injuries and oh, yeah. they wouldn't be able to deploy with their team. Yeah. And they were putting their disability at risk when they retired from the military. Yep. So, yeah. I all of that this, stuff. Yeah, this evaluation is going to be one of the same, I'm thinking. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah they're, well, they're not what was that, uh, for us, man. Uh, but just like that, uh, they they shot it down, right? Congress shot it down. That was in the budget thing where they were going to uh, decrease your level of disability pay by your gross pay. They voted that down, right? Seth dug into that a little deeper. What did you find when you dug into it, Seth? For which down? The disability the pay. They were going to reduce you, disability if pay. If you and your wife made over 150000 they were going to start taking away from your disability. I think it was 170 was okay. the, I think I, 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 I dove into oh, it a little yeah, bit right. and I was so disgusted and irritated with the whole concept that I wasn't going to. I think they voted against that. I think they, they said, we're not going to do that, but they did. Just they the fact, it, um, but yeah, you're right, Marty. It's the fact that they brought it up in the first place. Yeah. 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 And then you, you know, had, those, how did that make it off of somebody's desk? <laughs> so what I brought up about it, is they just blanketed let's just pick a fucking number right they yeah. didn't say you know if you live in in kentucky or i i use i, I have a farm in beaver city nebraska if you take one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year in beaver city nebraska and you compare that to waikiki hawaii denver, not the denver colorado yeah. Denver, Colorado, you know, like it, there's just no, there was no thought process behind this whatsoever. And something else I, I, I always like to say is um, your VA compensation and pension. It's not VA disability. This is right. VA compensation. Yeah, that's a good this, point. This is like workman, workman's comp. This is, Hey, I have fucking hardware and, and scars and shit. My, my wrist doesn't work anymore. Yeah. That's not from me. When I was 18, mountain biking, that's when me getting blown up. Okay. Right. So it's their responsibility to compensate for what they damaged on me. That's it. And it yeah. shouldn't have anything to do with how successful I have become as a civilian or how successful my wife might be. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So I would emasculate our, our veterans by saying, hey, your wife is very successful. So we're going to take away your pocket money from all the all the things we cause to your body. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so devious. work any better. My wife being as successful doesn't make my knee work any better. This right. shouldn't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> or it doesn't bring your limb back. Or it doesn't bring yeah. your your nightmare. It doesn't make your nightmares go away. So see, Marty, this is why I talk to you. You get it. <laughs> it's, it's it's so it's so dumb. And then we turn around and we give uh the most crooked European country in the world, you know, two hundred billion dollars. France? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Riot season's coming up. I gotta get prepared. <laughs> yeah, you want to stretch. You don't want to pull a hammy mid riot. <laughs> that's right. Get your yellow vest. All right, good. That that was the conclusions I had. I'm glad to see that we're in a group that we all think the same. So, all right, moving on. Yeah, An our, actual our government hates us. <laughs> <laughs> Hate them back. It works for me. 
Um, <laughs> okay, so a good story here uh, from TaskandPurpose.com. A Marine trio was honored for foiling, love that word, for foiling stabbing at a Virginia Chick-fil-A. Now, I'm going to ask both Seth and Eric later in this story to elaborate on some of the moves that these guys did. But um, (laughs) three newly minted Marine security guards were honored on Thursday, April 6th, for stopping two suspects from stabbing another person with a knife at a Virginia Chick-fil-A. Corporal John Darby, Corporal Bradley Feldkamp, and Lance Corporal Nicholas Dural received the Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal at a ceremony held at the Marine Corps Embassy Security Group's headquarters in Quantico, Virginia. All three Marines had completed their training to become Marine security guards on March 9th at Marine Corps Base Quantico and were waiting for visas and flights to their posts at the time of the April 1st incident. So basically, they were snowbirding for, you know, a month. (laughs) Um, which unfolded at a Chick-fil-A restaurant in North Stafford, Virginia. The Stafford County Sheriff's Office credits three Marines with breaking up a fight after two teenagers who were 14 and 17 years old allegedly attacked another teenager. During the fight, one of the assailants pulled out a knife. Uh, Corporal Dural said that he and two other Marines decided to stop by the Chick-fil-A before getting haircuts. That's when the two teenagers became aggressive with the third person. After the three of them got in a brief argument, one of them knocked into a woman. Uh, so Dural went over to check on her. And then when he turned around, he saw the knife and he just reacted. So faced with the armed attacker, Dural's Marine security guard training on defensive tactics instantly kicked in and he grabbed the base of the teenager's wrist to disarm him. Um, hold on a second. I'll, I'll, let me bring this up real quick. So here is, and it looks like the, it was a butcher knife. Okay, so that's the knife, right? Yeah, it's like a butcher knife. He's walking around with a butcher knife. Uh, We've all been there. I guess so. Uh, Dural said, I have my left hand on basically the back of the blade and the top of the hilt of the knife. Uh, When I was pushing down and twisting, since I had the blade basically in my hand, uh, when I was twisting it, I guess I put so much pressure down there, I was able to snap the knife. Once I snapped the knife, that's how I was able to yell, Darby, grab the blade. Did this did this kid come after Dural with the knife? I, no, I think or they were trying to stab the other kid, and maybe he got him in mid-stab or something. It doesn't describe a whole lot. It just describes that. So I don't know if okay. he, he grabbed the top of the knife and grabbed his wrist and maybe broke it. I don't know. Is that is that a so move? Before, Seth, go, before Seth goes into great detail about how these – fire-breathing Americans, these, <laughs> these barrel-chested freedom fighters um, decided to, you know, throw some freedom down. Are we going to talk about how these young men decided to go for a cool, refract, relaxing lunch at some Jesus chicken? Yeah. <laughs> and brought their own knife. It's peanut oil. It's peanut oil chicken, man. It's the best chicken out there. Best soggy sandwich, chicken sandwich down, ever. Mom and dad so should run down to Chick-fil-A with my butcher knife and, and cut up a few pieces of ours. The nuggets were calling <laughs> It sounds like maybe this should have happened out of Popeyes, maybe just down the street, but it happened at Chick Fil A. So you know, I went to Popeyes like two days ago, and I almost thought I was going to get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> I was even in drive-through. <laughs> he was only in the car with his kid, but it was right. worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Popeyes Two Piece Tuesday is always worth it. It's always worth it. Oh yeah. 
so okay, now I I I'm not really sure. I mean, I think these guys were embassy guards too, so not just your rubbing in a mill uh, guard training. So, um, but uh, Eric, I don't know if you went through any of that kind of stuff. Seth, obviously, you you know some of that stuff. Um, and I was going to ask, how much street stuff does your jujitsu translate into? Not at all. <laughs> that on whose jujitsu it is. So I um I never wrestled, uh, never did any ground fighting, but I did martial arts from the time I was four all the way through, you know, kickboxing, boxing in high school. Um, you know, and um um I had no interest in fucking rolling around doing jujitsu. I wanted to fight in the UFC cage. Oh, and shit. had no ground. So it's not like you just jump into wrestling when you're 20 years old. So I went to a, a, a Grace Jiu-Jitsu Academy, uh, and my entire focus was self-defense and things that work in a cage. So I personally um, am way into the functional stuff that works on the street. Yeah, And then I also do uh, disarming techniques and arrest procedures and things like that. So um, I am very... Um, I, I, I've given, dove down that rabbit hole very much. So, Dived it in. Um, but I, I am, I will not even make fun of these Navy guys for being in the Navy. I, I'll commend them for what they did. Um, I will say my opinion all the time on, on disarming a knife guy is shoot him or shoot him with a taser. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, impressive. They did. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. That, that was awesome. Right. That's, that's the best part. I Marty, to answer your question, I, I never had any type of specialized disarming hand-to-hand. I know even Marines now during their basic training have a lot more hand-to-hand, a little yeah. more contact yeah. uh, than we ever did. Mine was very basic. I got, I have nothing. I'm, I'm with pretty Seth. sure the best part is the Polynesian sauce, Seth. <laughs> if I'm with Seth, if I'm that close that I have to touch this guy's knife, I'm too close. I'm backing off, pulling my nine, and I'm, I'm taking care of business. <laughs> We talked. We talked about this a couple months ago. It's like one of the uh, the purple nipple run. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again, Jake. Jake, say that again. Face Force only taught us to purple nipple and run (laughs) because it works on aliens. Right for the nippies. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny. We we were we were talking about like movie things they get wrong and one of the things they get wrong is they're always like you army guys all know how to fight and i was like are you fucking kidding they taught us they taught us punji sticks or pugil sticks that was it man we didn't know how to fight nobody taught us how to fight so but that was cool thank uh uh thanks for filling that in seth uh but listen to where these three guys were just about to go so all three of these marines the strip club well (laughs) right after that all three of these Marines will soon go to their posts overseas. Gunnery Sergeant Bragg said Darby and Feldkamp are expected to leave on Thursday for the U.S. Embassy in Abuja, Nigeria. And Dural is scheduled to leave next week for the U.S. Embassy in Brazzaville, Republic of the Congo. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Garden spots, man. Garden yeah, spots. Yeah, no kidding, man. Butcher knives all over those places, man. Suddenly, that tent in the middle of the field in Grafenvier doesn't sound so terrible. <laughs> Thor Polk is looking better. And better. Hey, when better you walk over and get some Robin Hood, uh, you're not too bad, right? You're not too bad. Yeah. All right, so 
now that's going to be the first of its kind. So since I have two Air Force vets and two Army vets on the show, we're going to have a little quiz to see which pair knows more about the other service. Oh, boy. And since I did half my career in the Army and half in the Air Force, I get to be your quiz master, right? <laughs> so we'll do three. Title. Goddamn right. Yep. So we're going to do three questions, one at a time for each of you, and we'll see how we, we finish. And I've got a tiebreaker if we need it. And we might do it anyway, because I think it was on old studying material for getting the E5 anyway. So, Jake, uh, you got my back, right? I got nothing. <laughs> oh, shit. This, might be, this, this may be a zero zero game all the way down, but we'll see. We'll see how strong I like a World Cup match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no shit. We're fucking Army oh, and Air Force soccer. Zero zero tie. How exciting. All right. Ready? The first question is for the Air Force. You guys ready? Wait, Which- wait. Can we can we Call a friend? No, no, you can't fucking call nobody. <laughs> no, besides, you're in the Air Force, man. You ain't got no friends. Come on, man. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Uh, Jake. I will call Jake, man. All right. Call well, you Jake. better call. All right. Which light fighter army division is nicknamed Tropic Lightning? <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah, I was wondering what that was. Him. Wasn't fired as quizmaster. Oh, I, I wish I some throwback Arizona State. <laughs> <laughs> I wish uh, I had a buzzer, but you guys' time is up. It's the 25th Infantry Division. Oh, on the air. he goes. Oh, <laughs> who on the Air Force? All right, never first, first question for the Army. The global positioning system, GPS, has become one of the most vital assets to the U.S. military. Where is the GPS constellation fro- flown from? Space. Yeah. Where <laughs> is the GPS constellation flown from? It's in Colorado. Oh, shit. Well, you only got two. I mean, it's either uh-huh. Buckley or NORAD. Buckley. Oh, that's not bad. That's a good guess. There's but also it's, those. What are those two? The so strings? There's Peterson. I and thought the there was one? no. I don't know. Here. What's the other one? There's Peterson and um, that other dump. What's it called? Uh, it is a it dump. Is a- <laughs> <laughs> and we've all been there. It is a dump. Yeah. Right. Uh, crap. I can't think of the name of the other. Oh, one. too and- much time. Shriver Air Force Base, Colorado. Shriver Air Force Base. That's right. All right. Man, we're well what a on our nice way. Place. We're well on our Beautiful. way to a nil-nil tie here. <laughs> question two. <laughs> question two for the Air Force. Army helicopters are named after Indian tribes. Name four Indian names for Army helicopters. Blackhawk. Apache Chinook. Kiowa. Holy well shit! Good, but you pulled out Kiowa. Wow. <laughs> well, one for that's the an old Force. stinger troop. I'm an old stinger troop. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, doing. that's right. I guess so. That dude is sitting in Kiowa, Colorado right now, broadcasting. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Question two for the Army What are the names for the F 16, F 15, F 22, and the A 10? The A-10 is the Warthog. The F-22 is the Raptor. The F-15 
F fifteen Tomcat. Is it the Tomcat? No, that's Navy. Help, help me out here. One shot. <laughs> I got eighteen Warhog, and that was it. <laughs> oh shit! I thought you guys would know it. No close F-15. air support. You guys call it a yeah, the A ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got one right. F fifteen Eagle, right? F sixteen Falcon. Uh, F-22. 42. Oh, you got the Raptor right. You got two. But the A-10 is the Thunderbolt, actually. A-10 is the Warthog, bro. No, it's no, a it's Thunderbolt 2, actually. It's called the Warthog. But yeah, it's oh, the really? name of the Warthog. Yeah. yeah. That's just one of the nicknames we give to the Air Force. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> wow, the Air Force pulled in the lead by one. Here's a surprise. The Air Force is smarter. Wow. Here's gonna here's gonna separate both of y'all. All All right. Question three for the Air Force. What rank is an E8 in the Army? All right, let me think about that for a minute. I'll give you five seconds. (laughs) 30 seconds, 10 of those are gone. Master Sergeant (laughs) or um, Sergeant Major. Well, no, what's, what, sergeant. what's your answer? Master Sergeant? It is Master Sergeant. Master sergeant. It is Master Sergeant. I'll give you that. You only know that because you watched Sergeant Bilko like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Sergeant Holka, the big toe. He was a Sergeant, sergeant First Bilko, Class. He was Master a, he was Sergeant. An E7. Sergeant uh, Bilko is one of the most accurate Army movies ever made. Sergeant Bilko, God. <laughs> Um, all right, question three for the Army. What rank is an E7 in the Air Force? Shenanigans. Come on. <laughs> well, so an E5 is a staff sergeant. An E6 is a tech sergeant. So an E7 is a raging homosexual? Close. Close. I don't feel raging. <laughs> Same. It's the only crossover we have. It's it? the same. It's just yeah, the Air Force. Really? Yeah, it's the same. It's a master sergeant as well. I come back to my ballerina comment. Air Force <laughs> mastered it earlier. But that's because when they did Air Force rank, they were like little brother, right? Air Force was little brother. <laughs> like, we got to get it sooner. We got to get it sooner. <laughs> all right. Let's do it this way. This last question. And you probably all ran across it. The winner of this question gets. Takes the championship. Okay. Throw the scores out. <laughs> this is your toss up question. Uh, and when you know it, so I'm throwing it out to all of you. When you know it, shout out your branch so I know Where's who it hand? is. Right. Okay. All right. What is in the gold ball on top of military flagpoles? Go ahead, Seth. Okay. Army. What is it? Chuck. The gold ball ball is called a truck, and right. there is a forty-five in there. There's two other things in there. And a match. Oh, Army pulls it out at the end. Look at that. Uh, they answer uh, first. What can they say? They answer you first. You only have the pointy things on the top of our flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> that was an Fills SQT question. You know that was an SQT and question. He makes the hand motion. Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> The Air Force did answer more questions about the Army, but the reason why is because God created the Army so all the other branches would have heroes to look up to and research about. (laughs) 
That's hard to argue. That's hard to argue. Right? You know. Um, I hope you guys feel good about yourselves beating up on two handicapped guys. <laughs> oh, shit. Real, real solid. Real good. I hey, don't feel bad at all. Sorry. <laughs> not ha- not having hair is not a handicap. And if it is, they got you double. So Yeah, yeah right. right. That's all, all right. right. Let's move on to our all-military, and it looks like we're pretty good on time. So let's move on to our all-military selection. This week, it's machine guns. Rob and Seth, you'll listen to our arguments and decide on which weapon you think should be chosen as the all-military machine gun, or you can overwrite us completely and choose your own. Um, Our previous selections are our all-military battleship was the USS New Jersey. Our tank was the M4 Sherman. Our fighter jet was the F-15 Eagle. Our rifle was a Spencer rifle. Uh, Our Air Force general was Hap Arnold. Our dog, our all-military dog, was Sergeant Stubby from World War I. And last week, based on the comments we received, our all-military animal is Staff Sergeant Reckless from the U.S. Marine Corps, presented by Jake Wall. Well done, Jake. That was, that was I was saying that was the horse, wasn't it? I heard that shout. That was, that was the horse. horse. Yeah, yeah, that was the horse. It went back and forth fifty-one times on its own. Yeah, that's still pretty badass. Bodies the, Body's the other way. That's pretty badass. Johnny yeah, wasn't a smart horse. It was a dumb horse. That's why he kept coming back. <laughs> your fucking camel. Nobody was gonna <laughs> choose your camel. The camel that fed like a squad of guys. Well, that's why he freaking should have been chosen, man. He was eaten instead. He was eaten. Uh, Okay, so machine guns. I'm going to go first. I chose the Browning. Wait, wait, wait. Why are you going first? Because I have the least likely one to win. So I'm going first. (laughs) I have the microphone, and you will listen to everything I say. That's right. I could mute him, but uh, I've done that in the past, and the guy never came back. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Uh, so I'm going with the Browning automatic rifle, uh, it, or the BAR, which was produced in the United in the U.S. in 1918. Uh, it was one of the most influential and frequently used machine guns ever designed. The BAR is a gas-operated rifle, uh, chambered for various ammo, but mostly 30-06. Uh, it what has a 20-round magazine and weighs. Over 20 pounds. It can fire, the BAR can fire up to 650 rounds per minute, but it can also shoot single shots or bursts of two to three to increase accuracy. It can be fired from the shoulder, mounted, or on a bipod. The BAR was used by World War I, II, and the Korean War. Eventually, M60 replaced it uh, during the Vietnam War. Uh, for nearly 50 years, a hard-hitting mobile Browning automatic rifle served in U.S. infantry units as a light squad automatic base of fire weapon, providing quick bursts of concentrated fire. A War Department official commenting on the BAR's use said, The rifle was highly praised by our officers and men who had to use them, although these guns received hard usage, being on the front for days at a time in the rain, and when the gunners had little opportunity to clean them, they invariably functioned well. Soon the French army began swapping their uh, light machine gun with the BARs. Uh, In in Europe, uh, in World War II, uh, they had doctrine where they had one BAR per squad, but then everybody wanted a BAR. 
in the Pacific, the BAR was a staple weapon of Marines who used it in juggle warfare and during island hopping campaigns. In both theaters, one of the BAR's most interesting uses was as an anti-sniper weapon. Once troops identified a sniper's position, a rifleman with the BAR could pepper the hide with automatic fire, more precisely the machine guns or submachine guns. In Vietnam, special operators sometimes selected the BAR as their personal weapon. The BAR, a weapon designed almost a century ago to bring portable and reliable firepower to the stalemate of the Western Front, remains an influential firearm that still turns heads today. Go ahead and beat that. Okay. So for the judges, one description here. The name of the bar is a Browning automatic rifle. Don't stop. Don't, don't, don't say machine gun. Okay. It's a just light one, machine gun, for God's sake. It's say. a discrepancy. I just wanted to point that out to the judges. So my selection has no rival. The Ma Deuce, the M2, 50 caliber machine gun. Mm. Been in every conflict since World War One to today. The Browning. M2 Browning 50 caliber machine gun has touched the battlefields of every major American conflict since the Second World War. Over the decades, the M2, affectionately known among troops as Ma Deuce, has proved to be a highly versatile weapon. It has seen action while affixed to the wings of P-47 Thunderbolts during World War II, installed on riverine boats patrolling the Mekong Delta, and mounted atop Humvees cruising the embattled streets of Mogadishu. Baghdad and Kabul. I'm not sure I have to go any further, but I will. (laughs) Having first entered the uh, United States military arsenal in the 1930s, the Ma Deuce remains to this day an extremely effective and widely used tool of war. But why is that so? How has the M2 Brown managed to outlast all other American weapon systems? The simple answer, and I'm going to end it with this, it's a damn good machine gun. <laughs> you better give credit to whoever authored that article. That no was shit. Good. I thought you were going to lose it just by boring yeah. everybody. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Matt Fratis, December 9th, 2022. Great guy. Knows his guns. Golly. <laughs> All right. Well, without the, without the M2, you'd never get your check your headspace and timing either. So, you know, you never get that phrase anymore. Right? Check well, anytime you're going to load... On an aircraft, Seth, I'm sure, is familiar with the, the sniper version. That's the badass gun, shoots a long ways. Mm. Not sure I have a rival in this battle tonight. All right, I got the Maxim machine gun, which oh, is yes, the original. Yeah, the original, the one that all these other competitors are based upon, right? Right before, it, or okay. I don't have an article to read through, but <laughs> unlike Eric, um, hey, I can't prepare tonight. The, the Ma was based on the Maxim, so and it was and it came out after just just before it or just after World War One, right? Or that's a water. The, the Maxim's a water cooled one, right? The water cooled one, but it is in effect used in the Spanish American War. And oh. then all the way up, World War One, World War Two, Korea, even they just found one being in use in Ukraine. 
It's been tearing up ass this whole time. And it's still in use by multiple, multiple countries. Damn. And uh, the list of conflicts that it's been in is just ridiculous. So it's not the greatest. It's not the biggest caliber, but it's been retrofitted multiple times um, to fit the environment. Well, I know in World War One, the Maxim was what set the ground for no man's land. You could walk out of, you know, a ditch into no man's land and not expect to be rippled by. That's right. The Maxim did do that, but then the BAR came in and turned the tide. So (laughs) that's all I'm saying. I don't want to go into it, but you know, the 50 does start stop armor, you know, you know, engine blocks kind of thing. Light armor has no place in front of a, a Ma Deuce. So, uh, yeah. All right, Robin, Robin, Seth, it's up to you. It's over to you. Okay. I was, my number one is none of your guys' number one, but there's a very clear and precise reason. And I, didn't have any article? I was very conflicted on my number two. So my number two is Rob's number one and Eric's number one. <laughs> There's my three. So and it was a toss-up, Ma Deuce or Rob's number one. But my number one is the fucking Warthog for a couple of reasons. One, it's glorious and badass. And two, no man has to fucking carry it. <laughs> it is electric. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah the 50 cal. That's a good gun too. Yeah, that's I thought good. Jake would choose the the gal. Many to be honest with you. Yeah, the, the gal. I worked on the the smaller gal and the gal eight when I worked on the eight tens. So yeah, it was always impressive. Don't those things shoot like Pepsi cans? Yeah, they're freaking huge. You stand up. <laughs> Oh shit! He's, he's going. Show you he's going <laughs> visual aid. You're honest. not supposed to have an A10 in your house, bro. <laughs> oh oh yeah, shit. exactly. God damn! Is that a 20 millimeter? No, is that it is not. Now, now, is that your concealed carry, or do you open carry that, or just the I mean, home defense? Just yeah, like, I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's his <laughs> mom. Keep that in the truck just in case something pops up. I mean, how's that work? He vapes, he vapes through that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. With a screwdriver and a hammer? Here, ass. Be a badass ass. vape, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. you become I a vampire to, killer. I had to keep something. <laughs> yeah. That right. my time. All right. What do you think, bit. Rob? You know, I mean, first of all, so Marty, our, our grandparents were badasses, dude. And that was, you had a hell of a sales pitch. I, I, it was extremely impressive. So, you know, Marty and Jake, you guys had excellent sales. I like what you did there. Big fan of the nostalgia. Um, I like what you did. However, however, Eric, I got to agree, man. I'm with you on that one. That there's one of those like it's timeless. Art, our grandkids will be firing Madus. Absolutely. It's as close to perfection as you can get. And yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's unchanged. I, I knew he was gonna. I knew he was gonna win it yep. with the M2, right? Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> the, the fact that it's still but, in service today. Yeah, it's shit. But I mean, you have a you have a field here on this show, heavily weighted towards the Air Force, and neither of you guys took the 
The gun on the eight. I didn't take it because I thought our, <laughs> I thought our avi- aviation armament guy would do it, but he chose. He threw us a curveball and chose the Maxim. <laughs> so, all right, Ma Deuce, it is. I think the minigun would have been the only one that would have gave Ma Deuce because of the rate of fire and the platforms that you can fire that damn thing on. The yeah, look gun. what it did in Predator. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was man portable at that point in time. Yeah, ask Jesse Ventura. <laughs> yeah, he did have it, right? Then Arnold picked yeah. it up. He ain't got time to bleed, so. Uh, okay, let's, uh, I think this is uh, end up. So uh, Seth has got to go. So we'll call it end up right here. It's horrible every time. I know. <laughs> and it gets worse every time. End up, gentlemen. I can't thank you enough for letting us be a part of this. Um, this is this is horrible. This is absolutely awful, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Right on. Well, as soon as we go off the air here, I'm immediately calling the FCC to let them know that you guys exist. Um, and yeah, yeah. So you get a knock on the door in about an hour. Um, just you know, hey, that's perfect. Keep your hands where you can see them. That's perfect. <laughs> Well, on behalf of all of us here, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. And as always, make sure to download the next episode for more service headline news. Rob and Seth, thanks loads, man, for sitting in and cracking wise. We'll put all their links in in the bio, I mean, in the notes, so you guys can go out and see the great things that they're doing. Uh, Men, thanks for the week, and I'll see you next week. Cool. Nice. Rob, Seth, pleasure to meet you guys. Nice as well. Nice to meet you again. Yeah, uh, let us know whenever you want us back. I'm Thanks, sure man. Can. Thanks. Appreciate it.